KCR, FM, New York. This is Jazz Alternatives. WKCR HD1 89.9 FM, WKCR.org. Or maybe you're listening to the Deep Focus podcast. Any way you got to us, you're here. You're right on time. We're doing a... I'm very excited about this. I want to welcome back to the studio my guest, Ben Tyree. Hello. Hello, Ben. Thanks for having me again. Oh, man. Wouldn't want to be any place else right now. Uh, what's our topic of deep focus? We are going to discuss the uh, inimitable guitar singularity that was known as Jeff Beck. Yes, yes. Um, if you are listening to this in the present time with us, which is uh, February 20th of. 2023 he passed away this past january january 10th i think it I was i think it was the or the 11th but yeah and um it was uh it was a it was a it wasn't a young man he was 78 but there's something he seemed to be uh kind of not to take uh, credit away from dick clark but he had that eternal teenager yeah youthful, totally and uh you know, he had had a couple uh, health scares, I think, in the year, year and a half prior, but he always seemed to be pretty healthy. He was a yeah. vegetarian, lifelong vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so. Yeah, yeah he, he I mean, he pretty always. pretty vibrant. He was touring in, back in November, you know, so I think this thing just came at him and just was pretty quick, took him out, the uh, bacterial meningitis. Yeah, yeah. Which so is, bizarre. Yeah. It happens. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think I got the feeling, this kind of vibe that coursed through the community of musicians and music lovers, that people were, uh, there was this wellspring of love for him. I also kind of oh, yeah. got the feeling that people kind of had a feeling like, gee, maybe I've been sleeping on this guy for a while. You know, um, a lot of people that really appreciated him and maybe weren't really tuning into everything that he'd been doing more recently. Right, right. You know, and I think I fall under both categories because I've been listening to him since I was uh, 10 or 11. But, I, you know, I'm ashamed to say it was only kind of a, a few. I mean, he's in my top three guitar yeah. players. That's but, saying a lot. No, yeah. That's saying a um, lot for, for you. I but mean. I, I think I only have one of his more recent albums, and, and most of the stuff I, I have is from the 70s. Um you know, like the typical blow by blow wired and some of the earlier stuff like uh the group of Cozy Powell and Max Middleton. Um 
And, you know, Yardbirds, of course. Um, that was where he first made his name, right. for sure. But I'm realizing in going back that there's just so there's more that I, that I don't know about than I do know about Jeff Beck. Yeah, it kind of feels like he had, like, a number of different careers in a way. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. sequentially, you know, he was something that he'd have a band that he was leading, a concept that he was working, yeah. and then he'd be on to the next thing. And every band was different, every sound, every, you know... I was listening to an interview last night where he was talking about, you know, he did the Nessun Dorma. Oh, yeah. Um, and he, he presented that to EMI Classical, and they were like, we want a whole record of this. And he said, no, 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 you're only going to get one because I'm not <laughs> – you know how expensive that's going to be to do a whole – but I think he kind of wanted to do it, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But he said, oh, and then I'm not going to take that on the road. You know how expensive that's going to be? Yeah. A whole orchestra? Um. Yeah, and then he he was talking about how he wanted to kind of make a record that was like for dance clubs, yeah, <laughs> but was guitar oriented, you know. Yeah, I just thought that's great. He's just like he's just plugged in and and just open to so many things. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It yeah. it's, comes through in his music and the choices that he makes. And uh, so you made reference to a couple things in particular um, that have a lot to do with what we're going to play tonight, right? And uh, you said how he first came to attention Yardbirds. He took Eric Clapton's spot in that band. Right. And Clapton was already uh, on his way to becoming the rock and roll icon that he would be. And Jeff Beck came along with really something very different Mm -hmm. in that role. And then he had the band you referred to, Max Middleton, with – and well – or other things along the way too, with mm-hmm. the Rod Stewart stuff, yep, yep. and then always with uh, he's leading, playing guitar, but with uh, somebody else doing vocals, right? And then, although, yes, he does have a couple vocal songs where he sings. Yes, he does. Yes, what was he the does. the single "High Ho Silver Lining"? Silver Lining. That's worth YouTubing. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff on you. There's great stuff on YouTube. Interviews, performance stuff. Tons of stuff. If this, I'm sure there maybe there are people who are hearing Jeff Beck tonight for the first time. There is an enormous amount to explore, oh, yeah. and all the great albums that he made that you should have in your collection. And um, then he moved on. There were two albums you made reference to that were a different direction. Right, right. Uh, Blow by Blow and Indeed. Wired, back to back, '75 and '76. And what were those like? Um, I th- well, from what I understand, he was because you know instrumental kind of jazz rock fusion was big then. There was like Return to Forever and Mahavishnu Orchestra and you know Miles Davis's stuff, and there was a lot of st- stuff happening then. And so I think he was very inspired by that music. He was very inspired by John McLaughlin, and so this was his take on that. You know, his words. He said, you know, this was kind of my version of that sound. And then, you know, followed by like a self-deprecating, you know. <laughs> he's always, yeah, he's always kind of, uh, self-deprecating that, that, that is the English right phrase. Thing, yeah. you know, but still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's always kind of like, yeah, but those guys are rock stars. I'm just this guy with a guitar. And he's always kind of got this very, I, I think he's very sincere. He's yeah, he is. He was. Guy, yeah. but um, yeah, I know exactly. I, I don't know if I saw the same interview that you're talking about, but I've definitely heard him speak that way many times. Well, yes, those were 
landmark albums, Blow by Blow and Wired, mm-hmm. they and they definitely lit up a lot of a lot of jazz listeners and listeners to instrumental music and a lot of that fusion stuff that was going on at that time. Right. He immediately became a bright light in that scene. And it also showed, I think, that he wasn't the type of artist and guitar player that you could pigeonhole. Like you you couldn't you didn't know what he was gonna do next. Yes. Because I don't think anyone expected when Blow by Blow came out that, you know, he was gonna go that direction. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, you know, we've talked about this. We did that terrific show on Frank Zappa. Right. There are also people coming in broadly speaking in this direction from the rock world as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. But so you know the album Blow by Blow mm-hmm. that he put a tour together to do play that music. Yeah. And we have a recording from the WKCR archives of one of those magic nights. Would this be uh, May 9th, Masonic Temple Theater, Detroit? Actually, no. It's the following night. Oh, okay. We have some recordings that were curated by Charles Glass. Riverside Theater. Okay, but it's the same band, right? Same band. Yeah, yeah. Same tour. Yeah, everything. So we've got uh, Wilbur Bascom on bass. I've I've never heard of him. Um, Jeff Beck. Max Middleton. Max Middleton, you know. And Bernard Purdy. And Bernard Purdy. (laughs) This is great. Very, very cool. Really interesting band. And it's, uh, should we jump right in? Anything you want to, anything grabbing you about these titles? Yeah, well, this, a lot of this is blow by blow stuff. Um, I think Power got, uh, well, there's three tracks that are pre, you know, like Jeff Beck group, like 72, one uh, Beck Bogart, a piece track, Uh, two Stevie Wonder compositions. Yes. Yeah. And there's, there's. Some history there worth discussing as well. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you. Well, why don't, let's play a set. Yeah, let's get let's the listen music first. going, and let's definitely come back and talk about that because that's yeah. a great topic. Yes, it's deep focus. It's WKCR. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman, and Ben Tyree is here with me, and we are about to be immersed in the music of Jeff Beck, and this is a recording from the WKCR archives, Milwaukee. May 1975, deep focus on WKCR. Thank you. 
This chap behind me is uh, Bernard Purdy on the drums.
that gaping absence mm-hmm. that caught the crowd so off guard. I don't think they even had their wits about them to start clapping. Yeah. I don't blame them. You're listening to Deep Focus on WKCR. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. The great honor of being here in the studio with guitarist, sonic architect, Ben Tyree. Hello. We are, yes, we are here in the studio in some sense, but really I think we're at the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee, and it's May 10th, 1975. Yeah. What just happened, man? I don't know. Something. (laughs) Something just happened. (laughs) Magic. Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Well, we're listening to Jeff Beck. This is this tour that he did on the release of the album Blow by Blow, a landmark album to this day in many people's minds, including at least two in the studio right now. Mm -hmm. And um, this tour is uh, astonishing. There was... It really sounds nothing like anything he did before this time. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And maybe you could even say like anybody did before this time. Uh, I'll tell you who's in the band. It's Wilbur Bascom on the bass, Max Middleton on the keyboards, Bernard Purdy playing the drums. Mm -hmm. And they are in it, man. Yeah. We heard Constipated Duck, She's a Woman. We didn't make mention of... uh, The Beatles song, yeah. So the the record Blow by Blow was produced by George Martin. And and so was Wired, but uh, there were some co-producers on Wired. I think Jan Hammer also, right? Do I have um, that right? Well. He wasn't the sole producer on Wired, but he was of Blow by Blow. So uh, She's a Woman is from, what is that from? Is that from? Uh, and Chris Bond was the other producer on What Wired. Beatles record is that from? She's a Woman. Hard Day's Night or Rubber Soul or something like that? You know, yeah. there are people in the audience right now going, you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> Not off the top of my head. Um, I want to say Rubber Soul, but I could be wrong. Yeah, that was pretty, that was amazing. I was telling Mitch, I almost uh, I almost like the playing on this better than the record. But <laughs> That's why we do it, man. That's why we do it. When, we, when this show really works... It always really works. Yeah. When this show really works, we get a great band on a great night that's and they're on a mission of yeah. some kind. That's yeah. and it's I feel like it's clicking right now, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about so the, those are the first two. Then that last uh kind of extended little medley, freeway jam into definitely maybe. Yeah, definitely maybe I think was from one of one of the uh Jeff Beck group like the 72-ish era, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not from Blow by Blow. It's earlier. Yes, but yes, yeah, yes. They went into that and ended yeah. on that, and which uh, displays his, his slide prowess, which yeah. we were discussing off the mic is, like, in my opinion, is amazing. The intonation flawless, um, which is pretty difficult. Even yeah. for great slide players. So um, maybe some people don't know what is what is what is it when a guitarist plays slide. Oh, so it's where you put a piece of you know metal or glass uh, over the fretboard, and it sort of changes the length of the string, but it slides up rather than you know the single single marking of a, a fret. So yeah, and um, right when you're playing when you're playing a fretted guitar which most guitars almost all guitars are the fret is defining 
of the pitch, right? The pitch. Yeah. So you don't really have to if you're in tune and everything, and you're yeah, you just put your good. finger on the on the fret. But with the slide, it gets all those microtones also. Like it gets every single little microtone along the way. And so if in, you're a little off pitch, it sounds great, yeah, right? If you're a little <laughs> off pitch, yeah. <clears throat> no, but um, it's it's really hard to like if you're playing with a band. It's something you really got to work at. And and he just he had that like almost perfect relative pitch. Yeah, uh, and and then there are <clears throat> guitarists who make their careers playing slide guitar. Just about, I mean, you know, Dwayne Allman comes to mind, Lowell yeah. George, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeff Beck is known for many things, and that's not necessarily the top of his list. Yeah, and, yet, and, and you know, he did it. I think on on every record there was at least one slide piece, right? But it wasn't like his main bag, really, you know. But he was great at it. Really, really amazing at it. Let me ask you, talk about his <coughs> tone, because it's it's pretty special what's going on here with oh, his God. whole sound. I, I, could, I, could, I could go on and on. Well, it's very personal. You know, it's very visceral. It is technical, but as you were saying earlier, it's it's it comes from a very intuitive place. You know, thing about Jeff Beck was that he was like a sponge for music, and his he decidedly wanted to sound like a voice. Whatever style of music that meant, I mean, he listened to everything. He was into blues. He was into uh, rockabilly. He was into. Uh, He's really into rockabilly. You know, yeah. European classical. He was into Indian classical. He cited Ravi Shankar as a huge influence. And um, any kind of like just beautiful, opera. yeah, opera, any kind of just beautiful melodic vocal, he wanted to be able to play like that. He's, he is singing. He really is singing. You know, it calls to mind um, somebody we talk about on the show a fair amount, maybe not enough. Um, Sonny Chirac had that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, very much so. Well, Chirac used to say actually he's he was playing saxophone. It just you know, yeah <laughs> looked like a guitar in his hands, right. but that's what he was reaching for. But it's that same kind of I'm, I'm hearing it in this in a huge way. He just sounds. The thing I said off mic, I was like, it's just so joyous, it's mm-hmm. just so expressive, and it's very very lyrical. Yeah, and you get a sense that there was like a really, I mean, at least for me personally, a really pure connection between him and what he's doing. Not a lot of ego. And I mean, I'm sure he had his moments, but you know, like I always got that sense that it was just as, as pure as could be of, yeah. of expression. Yeah, I to me it strikes me that way. And I can't let Freeway Jam go by and not mention <laughs> that one song in particular just i can have this very active memory of hearing that song like in someone's car right in the 70s and this kind of open road kind of sensation Mm -hmm. calls to mind uh being hanging out at my friend dana gibbs's house or like uh doug chervin dougie if you're tuned in i know you remember some of those shows that we went to back then and that feeling, and they do it. This this is a little faster tempo than some other versions of mm-hmm. it that I've heard. I think everything is faster on this. They're, they're That's cranked okay. up. That's okay. They are cranked up. Now, something we didn't mention, this was on a co-bill. I think it was oh. equal billing with Mahavishnu Orchestra. Nice, yeah. Maybe that 
drove yeah, the yeah, tempo was, a little bit. Yeah. If you had, you know, Billy Cobham waiting to go there on you go. after you or right. he just played like, oh, man, we better crank it up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. As you, as you would, right? As one does. Um, and uh, anything else is calling to mind? Any uh, sense about where the band is together? Because there is really a, a band sound here. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know how how much this band played together, but I mean, they sound like I said. I dare dare were, I say I like <laughs> the, uh, this sounds more cohesive than the album. Yeah, in my opinion, just as far as like a live band goes. I mean, they've been amazing. out for at least a couple of weeks. <clears throat> yeah, during the states at the time of this recording. That'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're hitting hard. No, no doubt about it. Well, what do you think? Should we? Uh... Yeah. So we've got two Stevie Wonder tunes uh-huh. next. Uh, the first of which, Superstition, actually, Stevie Wonder wrote for Jeff Beck. And then? And then, <laughs> um, I believe the record label said, oh no, <laughs> you're putting that out. He can put it out next year. Yeah. 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 yeah that. A lot that of was people... originally just, he just wrote that to be a Jeff Beck song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that connection. and Yeah, and Jeff Beck played on uh, a few, yeah, right? Yes. He played on some Stevie Wonder stuff. And they, they were doing, you know, you know, and Jeff Beck would cover Stevie Wonder songs, and which the, the next one, Cause We've Ended His Lovers. Yeah, and, you know, Stevie wrote uh, that song Thelonious. Right, right. Jeff Beck does, too. Right, right, not right. So, yeah, they had, a, they had a relationship, yeah, for sure, a creative relationship. Yeah. yeah. Man, you know, um... We didn't build this as a memorial broadcast. Um, we're, just, we're, we're just celebrating the music, but uh, the mind kind of scrambles to think of what might have been, what more those guys could have done together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a great YouTube of them playing Superstition together from like, you know, something in the past 10 years, and it's awesome. Wow. Yeah, that's worth looking up. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> some event, and they're both there, and they they do superstition are you people in the audience entertain yourselves go get a snack i'm gonna go watch this youtube video right now (laughs) wow yeah Yeah. i'm uh i'm going into heavy fandom mode here so uh maybe you better talk about these anything else you want to say about hearing these two stevie wonder songs and hearing this band play them uh well i i haven't heard these i mean i know you know obviously i i haven't heard these versions so, because we've ended his lovers, it's just like a gut wrenching ballad. Which and he's very, uh, he's very inspired by Roy Buchanan. You know, the oh, star player Roy yeah, Buchanan, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So he actually thanks him on Blow by Blow because right. he kind of, he kind of got into that um, the volume swelling the volume with yeah. the volume knob on the instrument, which is a very Roy Buchanan thing. Yeah, like with the pinky, right? Yeah, pinky. you 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 know, instead of uh, you know with a volume pedal or not yeah. at all, right? It's you you play a note. And you you know the attack is basically turned off, and right. then you swell in the sustain, and you play a melody that way. So the the top of that of because we've ended as lovers on blow by blow starts with with these like whales of you know, and and you you can feel it. <laughs> it's Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck uh, just uh, feels like he's just reinventing the guitar for himself yeah. in this show moment to moment. And go check out Roy Buchanan if you haven't. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. guy. Talk about your overlooked masters. 
Yeah. Also very visceral, technical, intuitive, emotional, innovative. Yeah. Un, un, unreal stuff. Yeah. He was very, he was very influenced by Roy Buchanan in the seventies. Yeah. And I no. think that's one of the other things that went into, uh, that blow by blow, um, wired phase that doesn't often get referenced. Too true. Yeah. Too true. All right. The show's called deep focus. You're hearing Ben Tyree, my guest. And, uh, I'm sure listening to Ben talk about guitar makes you want to hear some of Ben's guitar work. We're going to talk about that coming up. (laughs) And uh, I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. It's Deep Focus, and this is Superstition. It's live recording from the WKCR archives, Riverside Theater, Milwaukee, May 10th, 1975. Deep Focus on WKCR. That's the number that I did off uh, an early BBA album. I'd be lying in. So. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Thank you. Good. Give a nice warm welcome to Max Milton.
you never get the feeling that this guy is going to run out of ideas. It just keeps flowing. You're listening to a live recording. uh, Probably obvious, but it's May 10th, 1975 at the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee. And yes, that is Jeff Beck. And he is the topic of our deep focus tonight. I'm your host, Mitch Goldman. Ben Tyree is my guest, and he called the the shots tonight <laughs> Right <laughs> with Jeff Beck. You're listening to WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD 89.9 FM, or maybe WKCR.org. You could tell your friends around the world. They can tune in if they got an internet connection. And if they don't, or if you want to hear this again, if you want to hear it over and over and over, you can find it on the Deep Focus podcast. It's on that phone in your hand right now. And uh, you could find us on your favorite podcasting app. Or uh, if you don't see it there, you can go to the hosting site, which is mitchgoldman.podbean. Dot com, mitchgoldman.podbean.com. And uh, you can also follow us along on Instagram. It's Deep Focus Podcast, Deep underscore Focus underscore Podcast on Instagram. We always put up photos of these artists and something about the guest, and you see all kinds of conversations going with people who love the music you love. And uh, it's all on the Deep Focus Podcast. It's free, ad free, giving it all away, just like here on the radio. Doing it all for you. And uh, Ben, w- w- tell us about, uh, let's back up a little bit. Um, where are we in the set? What's going on? What just happened? Well, we just did the 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 Stevie Wonder tunes. Superstition, because we've ended as lovers. We were talking about <clears throat> melodicism and mm. singing through the guitar and all that. And yeah. we had no idea what we were talking about because he just brought it to a whole new level here, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, and the talk box, which we didn't discuss prior to. Uh, yeah, I, I was hoping no nobody in that band was going to sing. Yeah, and that he would go the talk box route. Which, uh, yeah. Well, that was as we were talking off mic. That was kind of having its moment at that time, 1975. Yeah. There were a few practitioners of it. Um, it kind of seemed for a little while there, like quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. Every guitar player kind of felt like they had to do that. What, what is it? What is, what is the, well, it's, I, it's, I, uh, it's funny. I remember like at that time people, you know, you didn't have MTV and videos and YouTube. It was right. Like, How did he do that? Right. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he actually kept his, kept it in a bag. <laughs> oh, did you know, he, he kept, well, the talk, did. the talk box. Okay. So what is a talk box? Um, it's basically what, what's like the sound of it. And a what little, is the, it, it, yeah. it, well, it's it's a little amp driver, right? Uh-huh. That um, you plug the guitar into, and it basically sends the guitar signal to, into a little speaker, which you then put a tube to catch the sound of the speaker, and then that tube shoots the sound out of the tube, right, into your mouth, which then you use your mouth as like an envelope to sort of manipulate the sound. You can actually do this by take your iPhone speaker, put on any YouTube, put it like kind of a little bit in your mouth and like move your mouth and you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, The same way that your mouth shapes your speech. Exactly, yeah. So it's like this, and then, so you're no longer going through the amp. You have to be, you know, that has to come through a microphone, right? So So you're at the mic and you got this 
tube sticking in your mouth and you're... Yeah, so any note you're playing on the guitar, you can then manipulate that sound with your mouth and make it sound like words, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Jeff Beck had his thing in a, in a, like a bag that he'd, you know, sling over his shoulder and then the tube would come out and, well, what is that? What's going on? But apparently Stevie Wonder was, was doing that first. He had it, his hook running from a keyboard. Yeah, he uses it. Um, I think Jeff Beck got it from Stevie Wonder, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was inspired to do it from him. And then a whole number of people, lots of people, Joe Walsh. You mentioned Peter Frampton. And yeah. Joe yeah. Perry. And, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even into the 80s with Bon Jovi, Richie Sambora, and a lot of people have used it. I've used it quite a bit. <laughs> I love it. They're great. Do you know um, Stevie Wonder's album, Journey Through the Secret Life of Plants? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Race Babbling. Okay. That's a talk box track? I think so, yeah. yeah okay, I need to check that out again. Yeah. So, yeah, he... And he... Uh, it's just I I am just uh, moving with this and that feeling of uh, unbridled um, passion, emotionalism. Yeah, singing. Yeah, it's so free and mm. uh, you know it's really interesting in the context of he puts out this basically instrumental album. Um, blow by blow, and as you said, it was produced by George Martin, and apparently George Martin, the the producer of the Beatles, mm-hmm. I guess he's maybe the most successful producer in the history of the world, certainly One way up them, there for sure, for sure, yeah. and known for these great vocal albums, and he's like, do an instrumental album, right? Why don't let's do that, yeah, and then uh, the. He wants to tour behind the album. You've got to put a band together. And here's this great band. He's got um, Max Middleton on keyboards, who's the only carryover from his... The previous band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh, the great Bernard Purdy on drums. Right. Wilbur Bascom, one of us should have Googled him by now and been ready to oh, sound yeah, smart. Oh, yeah. We'll do that on the next break. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm going to ask you. But I, know, I know you know quite a bit about him. I'm going to ask you about that in the next break. But, um, yeah, he definitely, uh, it doesn't, there isn't any, you know, I'm just thinking compared to when he had a vocalist and there's this kind of split attention, Mm -hmm. you know, he's the leader of the band, he's playing guitar, but, you know, there's a showman out front vocalizing and... Which he got back into that as well. He, He did. He still did quite a bit of that. Yes. But this, he really wanted the guitar to be the forefront. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, because like Bob Tench, who preceded him, that previous band, very showy. Right. And and then before that, of course, you know, Rod Stewart, the strutting rock star. And there's this, uh, you know, you want to, there's no, nothing in between you and Jeff Beck, and he is kind of singing lead, I feel like, to the guitar. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And I mean, he does it justice. Yeah. Because, you know, he sounds like a, a voice. 100%. And it should be noted he's an improviser. He's not playing this stuff the same every night. You know, Talk it's about very that. nuanced. He's, he's, he's elaborating on themes. He's just very in the moment. Um, he's, he comes from that, that tradition of improvising, for and sure. Lots of people improvise 
he's also the thing I made mention of coming back on Mike the ideas that he's generating. Right. It's like a wellspring it's of, of music. Does, does it feel way, way to you? Does it feel like I mean, you're a musician, I'm not. You know, people may have their little bag of tricks that they pull things out from. Right. And I guess everybody does that to some extent. But it, right. it, it sounds, it feels to me in the audience like he is, this is just him coming off the top of his head. Yeah. He, well, he definitely has stuff he comes back to. Like there's, you know, little uh, motifs in, in certain solos. That is part one of three parts of this program from February 20th, 2023. Ben Tyree, my guest topic of Jeff Beck. I don't have to tell you, you're 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 writing it with us. There's two more parts of this. I know you're going to enjoy it at least as much as his first bit. Ben is a remarkable musician. He's such a great uh, partner on these broadcasts for me, but you should check out his music too. We announce where to find him, Ben Tyree, B-E-N-T-Y-R-E-E dot net. And this is not the first time he has done a deep focus with me. The first time was Frank Zappa, a few years ago now. We did one on Vernon Reed. We've done a number of these. He's he's sort of my go-to, one of my go-to. I know a lot of great guitar players. He's one of them, but uh, also a great musical thinker about a, a lot of broad range of music. So absolutely you want to check out Ben Tyree. And you want to subscribe to this program. If you haven't already, you'll get notified when new programs get posted. There's hundreds of them available. They're on your favorite podcasting app on Apple and Google and all kinds of other stuff. You can always find us at the hosting site, mitchgoldman.podbean.com. You can email us, deepfocusnow at gmail.com, deepfocusnow at gmail.com. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. I want to hear when you listen. Do you listen in the car? Do you listen when you're out on the street? Do you listen at work? Tell us what your experience is with Deep Focus. All right, we'll see you over at part two or at any of the hundreds, I tell you, hundreds of other programs. All right, thanks for coming along.